Good morning! Oh, and it's a bright morning. I'm going to let that person go first. So, I'm in a different studio today, folks. Very different studio. And I say studio, I mean car. Um, and also, different equipment around me in this studio. And by equipment, I mean a different phone. So it's all been happening. It's all been happening. Um, the different studio is because... Um, and maybe I should do a check, it's actually recording. No, sod it, I'm just going to do it anyway. And if it records, it records, and you're listening to it. If it doesn't record, I've said all this to myself, and that's just, just fine and dandy. Because whenever I hear somebody say, I'm just talking to myself, I'm always reminded of the Black Adder line, which is, I'm just talking to myself. It's the only way I can be sure of intelligent conversation. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if you've heard that, and of course I'm not talking to myself, I'm talking to at least one other person. Good morning, Dad. And um, so the different studio, different car, is because Rachel, the um, the long-suffering Mrs. Smith, is uh, has I was going to say has borrowed the car, <laughs> which implies that it's my car and she's borrowing it from me. And I have to smile. Um, because I suppose broadly and officially, broadly it's, a, it's the family car, but officially, officially, it's her car. Uh, I think it's all in her name. Um, I'm trying to think now, you know, even how it's how it's been or being paid for, but I don't think it's coming from me. It's all one of these ones, all these special, um, you know, what we used to call HP, higher purchase, but nowadays it's finance, isn't it? It's a finance situation. Um, it's the first, yeah. So that that's that car basically. It's uh, I can't remember now, but yeah, Ra- Rachel is is potentially financing it. I'm going to say that. I'm not even sure if I'm putting. I have put or am putting any money towards it. If and when Rachel listens to this episode, she can let me know. Saying, yeah, here's the deal. And I say all that in detail because she's not, of course, borrowing my car at all. She sometimes jokingly says it's my car, as in she bought it for me. It's the family car. It's just that I I drive it the most, um, for whatever reason, and that in part. So that, that's great. I love it. Absolutely love driving it. Um, and it is a new car. First time we've ever had a new car, and it's lovely, and so on and so forth. Um, the the flip of that is, well, prior to getting that car, so I want to say now possibly one or two years ago, um, Rachel and we use the word acquired this car. Um, so this car being a smaller one that we'll call Minty, because that's the name it gets given, and even I call it Minty uh, because of its mint-coloured bodywork. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, is it normally a he or a she? I don't think we really necessarily say he or she. It's, it's just Minty. So anyway, it's a Fiat 500 again. I think at the time of being purchased, it wasn't quite new, but it was as good as new, almost new. Currently 16,500 miles on the clock, um, and you know, I would still very much call it very snazzy. It was the, of the two cars, it was the first one we acquired, and it is, um, it's got again, I'm, if, if this is indeed recording, it's recording through a microphone that's in the car, so it has car play, which means you plug your phone in, you get access to your music and various other things. You can have Siri and so Siri read your messages if you want to and dictate messages so it could all be done completely hands-free 
I still don't know whether that's illegal or not. Maybe my assistant at some point will check that out for me. I know it's illegal to use a phone in the car if it's not hands-free. Um, I've got a feeling it's not illegal. I don't think I'm breaking a law right now. I know if Rachel was speaking at this point, listening, she'd say, oh, however, if you were involved in an accident, it's quite possible if it could be demonstrated, which it could, using phone, if you're on the phone, of course, that is, actually on the phone with somebody, um, you would be, um, it could be you know, held responsible for something like dangerous driving or reckless driving. Anyway, I'm hoping that isn't the case. I'm hoping I don't have an accident, obviously, that's, that's a kind of an implicit assumption. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so this particular car is one I used to acquired. So it, it, to use the phrase, it would be Rachel's work car or company car. I think more officially it's described as a pool car. So it belongs to the company for whom she works. Uh, Contrast International Innovations. That's, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of these big international conglomerates that's behind quite a lot of the major brands out there that you'd be aware of. Um, and some you'd be less aware of maybe as well. So she has access to this car. Basically it's become uh, her car effectively. It's a second car for us. So yes, we're very fortunate over the last year or two now to have two new cars, which means that Rachel could take the other car. The reason being there is she's gone to meet a friend and to, and to take Ziggy for a walk. So she has the dog. It makes much more sense that she then goes in that car to have Ziggy in the back rather than in this car, which could work, but still. That's, that's them decisions. And all of that explains why I'm in the different car. Now, the different phone side of it is a different story, which you may not be interested in. But fortunately, with this being a one-way conversation, um, one-way diatribe, as I'm going to pause, I actually sat now in some traffic right near what appears to be um, an HS2 area where they're doing lots of buildings, which they have done for the last couple of years. So that seems very busy going. So just near, where are we near? What would we be near? Mm, Ickenham, I guess. We're near Ickenham. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a rail line that goes through there and it's clear they're doing huge amounts of work there to build up HS2 stuff around there, around there. or rather HS2, there's a huge amount of stuff they're doing around here, um, which for a while meant this road was closed. Anyway, distraction, the phone story is simply because two days ago, or was it just last night, no, two days ago, uh, so two evenings ago, um, my, my phone just lost its power, as it often does, uh, but then hasn't been able to recharge since. So it seems to be a problem with getting that charged up. Um, and to the point where we were on the phone for quite a while yesterday with somebody from Apple, trying a whole range of different things just to get it working again, none of which was working. So it seems to be the next step will be getting it sent off for repair. It is under warranty, yada, yada, yada. The point being is I have no access to that phone. I'm fortunate in that in the meantime, I have access to another phone, which again is Rachel's, it's Rachel's work phone. So I am recording on that one. I managed to put the Anchor podcast app onto it. So as far as you're concerned, dear listener, 
you would have no idea that anything is different. Apart from the fact I've just spent the last however many minutes just telling you in minute detail what detail is. But that's that's just it. I may have what another good friend of mine, let's call him Byron. That's right, Byron. In brackets, 69A. Listen to episode 69A. You'll get a sense of who Byron is, or at least in part. Um, would say, he, he often described himself as having what he would call watchmaker's disease which obviously I seem to suffer from as well but again in this in this situation you know I'm in diatribe podcast monologue full flow yapping away mode uh, by watchmaker's disease Byron would say um, well someone with watchmaker's disease means if you ask them the time they can't just tell you the time they have to first tell you how the inner workings of the watch and the clock work before telling you the time and they may in the end forget to tell you the time anyway um, so that's part of it. Um, so there you go. So that's why you know all that detail. Um, and now I've mentioned time and asking somebody the time. It makes me think of another, another line, as it were. Another. Let's use the word joke. It's joke's too strong a word. Um, but it's something along the lines of, what's the definition of a management consultant? <laughs> I go, well, you're talking about Byron and then you're talking about the car, why is this car? Okay, it does link. So the question is, what's the definition of a management consultant? And I'm not, you know, just, just to alert my assistant, that doesn't mean you need to go away and find out what the actual definition of that is. Um, the joke part of it is um, a management consultant is somebody who will take your watch off you and then tell you the time. Which I quite like that, and I, I, I'm sure at the time, whoever, whoever, um, whoever, can I get distracted by things? I'm now distracted by a car in front of me that has YOLO on his or her. Um, it's a big pickup truck, so I'm guessing it's going to be his. If I get to overtake, I shall let you know. Uh, registration plate, it's Y-O-L-O, which of course, those of us among us that know these things, YOLO, you only live once. So there you go, a little bit of, bit of, bit of um, bumper plate or bumper sticker is actually the registration plate. Um, philosophy for you. What's the definition of a management consultant? The answer being, I think I just told you this, he, he or she will take your watch from you and then tell you the time. And it was told to me by someone, I believe, I took it to be a bit disparaging of management consultants, and I hope you can still hear me okay because I'm now hurtling along at 69, 70 miles, 71, no, no, I'm saying at 70 miles an hour and no more. There we go, 70 miles an hour. I shall at no point go over the speed limit as I hit um, the M40. So again, we are heading towards those highest of Wickhams um, as we speak, and there's blue skies above and it's a glorious day so we'll see what today has in store for us all so I was told the uh, management consultant line I think by someone was saying you know, a bit disparaging saying oh, well, they'll take your watch off you and then tell you the time as in they'll tell you something you already know but you, you know but you, you can make your own judgments about that statement um, yeah, and I'm just now you know I'm reflecting back on it because it sounds to me like being a management consultant could be quite a nice number. Um, and definitely back in the day, 
when hearing that kind of comment, I thought, oh, it sounds like it's easy money, doesn't it? You know, just get get people's watches off them, tell them the time, so you're not really bringing any massive expertise to this. Um, so I was reflecting on that, and I mentioned all of that in relation to some work that I am now doing, which isn't management consultancy. However, it would be in uh, that the work that I'm doing and being paid an hourly rate for, uh, or rather a particular session, that's not true actually, they are a session rate, they're having these workshop sessions, they're all running online, virtually at the moment, um, and they have this company who I believe themselves would describe themselves as management consultants, or at least consultants. Maybe well-being consultants could be probably more of their... Well, well, well-being and performance consultants. So maybe it's not management, maybe it's in the same area of consultancy. And the part of their model, because they've recently got some quite large contracts, they need a lot more people to act as facilitators of these workshops. So therefore you become an associate with that company. So I am now an associate of this particular company. Uh, I don't know why I'm being so cautious about naming them. There's no big deal about naming them because it's on my LinkedIn. It's on my profile. It's official. Um, so we'll call them Bailey and French. Bailey and French, um, which could be either a firm of solicitors, of course. It could be um, a double act off the telly. Like Cannon and Ball, sadly, Bobby Ball no longer with us. Uh, or if we like Little and Large, sadly, Eddie Large no longer with us. Isn't it interesting? I wonder why it's the. Um, wonder why it's the it's this the the, uh, the funny man, the gangster that seems to go first. I'm going back to Morecambe and Wise. Eric Morecambe died relatively young. I think Ernie Wise now also passed away, but for a while he was the. I'm thinking of the Chuckle Brothers. One of those has passed away. I believe one of them is called Barry, one of them is called Paul. I don't know which one passed away. And indeed, are they brothers? <laughs> Question for you, my assistant. So I know one of the Chuckle Brothers has died a few years ago. Um, I'm going to guess it was Paul as my gamble. And, but the question is, what are they, or indeed were they, brothers are they brothers were they brothers they were by name but were they actually brothers they look similar enough to be brothers um, and assuming their surname wasn't chuckle which of course it may have been what was their real surname or surnames if they're not brothers these are lots of important um, questions we need to answer so there we go so I have no idea what my intention had been for this particular episode. Maybe I will leave it there, because that's enough rambling. Um, I would say I'll put it on a pause and, and wait to actually do the second half with those answers. But the problem with that would be, I the easiest way of sharing what I've recorded so far with my assistant is to publish the episode. So that's why we might call this something or other, something or other, part one. And then the next episode, if if all goes to plan, and we know that Woody Allen once said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So it may go very differently. 
but it's quite possible that the next episode or a, a subsequent episode will be something or other, something or other, part two. Okay? And with that in mind, and on that bombshell, I say hurtle, hurtle at no more than 70 miles an hour of the M40. He says, just easing off the uh, easing off the accelerator, because I do remember that one of the first times I drove this car, um, I felt for such a small car, it's very easy to go quite a speed and not be really noticed what, what you're doing. I think I recognised that on a day when, late the same day, whilst on a motorway, I was clocked going something like 82 miles an hour. So not, I'm going to say not super, super fast, not, not clocking 95 or 100 miles an hour, but fast enough when going past a speed camera to then be clocked by a speed camera and, um, yeah, get a ticket, I guess. And it wouldn't surprise me if on that occasion it led to one of the times, yeah, the first time that I was then um, invited to take part in a speed awareness course. So I think it was quite clear that if I'd been going that speed, I was quite clear, I was quite aware of what speed was. <laughs> A speed awareness course is an option you can take to um, to avoid getting points on your license. I think you still, well yes, you, know, you, you don't pay necessarily the fine, you pay the fee to attend the speed awareness course, which is the same price as the fee, as the fine. Then you attend the speed awareness course, and if you do that, you then don't get the points on your license. In my career, in my driving career, I have taken two of those. <laughs> so it makes you wonder how much they work. Um, the first one, the first one, um, the first one was the one I just mentioned. So I think clock going 80 something miles an hour in this very car um, on the on the motorway. I think it was between Cornwall and heading back home. One on New Year, I think, and then uh, the other one, more recently, um, was, well, was it not, well, maybe not then, because that could be that long ago, could it? Oh, not sure, no, maybe they didn't, no, neither of them that long ago, actually. Another one, I, I was, another time I can't remember the speeding, was, becomes unfortunate, it's going to be going like a long, it was going down a piece of road, a stretch of road, which I'm actually going to be going along today, it's, it's coming into High Wycombe. Um, and ironically, it's High Wycombe, but you're coming down quite a steep hill into High Wycombe. Um, and the base of that hill is where the university campus in High Wycombe is based. And coming down that hill, it goes from 40 miles an hour, then it goes back to 30 miles an hour. And it's to, go, to reduce from 40 down to 30, you really do need to quite consciously do that. If it, and it's the reason why, but even now when I am very aware of it. So whilst there's no speed camera there, on that particular day, there was a mobile speed camera, and I remember copying something like, it could have been like, you know, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't horrendous, 37 miles per hour, I think, in what was the, what was the 30 mile an hour limit. So anyway, speed awareness, why was I saying all of that? Speed awareness, oh yeah, I'm going 70 miles an hour. <laughs> or rather now, I'm going 73 miles, 72, 71 miles an hour, as I regain my awareness. So the question I come back to, is this idea by talking, 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 whilst not on the phone, but I'm recording into the phone, hands-free, does that actually distract me? Is that me doing reckless driving? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, something or other, something or other, part one, over. Listen again for something or other, something or other, 
part two in due course. Bye bye for now.